up, everyone? Paul Clark here. Sup, Paul? Thursday, October 5th, 2023. Ah, it's been a while. A fair bit. A fair bit of time since I recorded the last Sup, Paul podcast. Anyway, it's not that I haven't been busy. I've been traveling across country over the last six months, paddling in some of my happy places, meeting new friends, rendezvousing with older friends. Ah, Happy places, the Canadian Rockies in Alberta, the West Kootenays in British Columbia, Washington, Oregon, California, Montana, Idaho, Wyoming. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Before getting too far into this, let's just break the news. I'm no longer a left coaster, west coaster, Pacific Northwesterner. Though the Pacific Northwest, the PNW, will be in my heart always, especially Central Oregon. I now live in North Carolina. Or at least in the fall and the winters and the spring. I don't want to curse anything, but it's because there's water and there isn't really the wildland fire smoke that plagues the West Coast. Anyway, anyway, happy places. West Virginia, South Carolina, Florida, Alabama. I've traveled a fair bit. I've traveled a fair bit documenting stories about river paddleboarding. This episode was recorded. Actually, in June, when I was on the South Fork of the American River near Coloma, California, I rendezvoused with my buddy Claire, and this episode is my conversation with her about river paddleboarding, a little bit of her background, a little bit of why she's not a whitewater kayaker, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Without further ado, hey, Claire. My name is Claire Doherty. And we are in Lotus, California. Can we restart? That? Are we not in Lotus, California? <laughs> we are, but what? I can't say in, I don't know. Can we restart? On three. <laughs> Actually, I like to do uh, a, a very simple count. On 100, we're going to start again. One, okay, that's simple. Two. Three. 20, 50, 100. Claire, thank you for inviting me to your house. We've started. We're going to be doing this. We're in Lotus, California, minutes away from the South Fork of the American River, mm -hmm. where you've been running rivers on a paddleboard. I met you recently in North Carolina at Nolly Fest. We paddled on the Nolichucky River. We went to the Whitewater Center in Charlotte. Uh, I've been paddling with you over the last week here in, the, uh, in California. And let me tell you, Claire... Close your ears because I know you're a little bit of a, a humble person. You are one of those people who I really am inspired by in this sport. I see your enthusiasm. I see your talent. I see your infectious nature on the river. Thank you for inviting me into your house. Thank we you. could have a talk about your background, background as a paddler, and uh, your perspective on river paddleboarding. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Tell us about yourself. Where are you from? I am from just down the road, actually, in Pilot Hill. It's probably 15 minutes from where we're doing this interview. And I grew up playing sports. I played basketball and soccer. I've always been pretty athletic. I played basketball from third grade all the way till after high school, a little bit into college, mainly just recreationally. And then soccer was fifth grade all the way till college as well, recreationally. Yeah, I played sports and I got into photography mm -hmm. in college mm -hmm. when I was at Sierra College in Rockland, which is pretty close to here. 
and I decided that I wanted to get my bachelor's in photography. That's where my love for that kind of started, and I ended up doing my senior project, and I wanted to do something completely different from what every other photographer does, which is frame your photos in a frame. And my friend told me about this process called a gel medium transfer, which is transferring a photo onto different medium, wood, glass, many other things. And I tried it on wood and the photo came out really well. I was immediately hooked and was like, this is the coolest thing ever. It's different. It's on wood, which I love wood and just kind of took off from there. And then that's when I created my business. Against the grain designs. Against the grain designs. It used to be C. Doe Wood Creations. My first initial, my first name, and then first four of my last name. But <laughs> people had no idea what that meant if they didn't know my last name. They thought like I made dough and I don't know. Sure. It got really confusing. So yeah, I changed my name. And started photographing mainly wildflowers and landscape type stuff. And then would transfer that onto the wood. I was pressing flower. I'd put mm. that underneath the image. And then I would add hooks for hanging jewelry and keys to make it functional. Multimedia. Yeah. I got pretty into it. But I'm feeling burnt out at the moment. Mm. I think I'm going to take a little break from that. And I have a feeling it has to do with my addiction to supping. <laughs> That's all I want to do. That's what I want to put my time into, as well as connecting with people. That's definitely a main focus of mine right now. It's, the business is kind of on the back burner, and it never was full-time. I never fully committed to it. It was just kind of like a little side gig, which I really enjoyed. Passion but, projects are wonderful. Yeah, but I'm a little burnout. That's going to stay to the side for now. We've identified yourself as an athlete. We've identified mm -hmm. yourself as a creative artist, a mm -hmm. photographer, and multimedia presenter. Presenter? Mm -hmm. oh, did I try to do the Irish <laughs> accent right there? <laughs> a little bit. There was something going on. <laughs> Maybe not Irish. It's, it's, just, it's just my inarticulation. <laughs> All right, let's just jump right into paddling. Okay. You must be a kayaker. You must be a whitewater rafter. Where did your, where did your river experience come from? It started when I was working in Lotus at a photo shop. I was selling the photos as well as I ended up being one of the photographers there that would shoot on the side of the river. I would shoot at Troublemaker on the South Fork and Chunder on the Middle Fork. And I didn't really get on the river a huge amount because I was always working all the time. I maybe went rafting a few times. And then there was one time... I think it was my second season that me and some coworkers went out hard shell kayaking. And it was my first time ever. It was just on the class two section called, we call it C to G, Coloma to Greenwood. And, you know, to them it wasn't a huge deal because two of them in the group were just amazing kayakers. It was like nothing to them. And there wasn't a huge amount of communication about even like, you know, how to pull the skirt if something bad happens or how to set run up the for rapids. success. No, it was very minimal. And, you know, now that I think about it, it, it could have been good. I was definitely asking questions, but it would have probably been good if I was like, hey, I'm really nervous. Can you give me some pointers or whatever? But at that time, I wasn't confident enough to do that. I was just kind of like asking some questions, hoping to get a, some feedback to where I wouldn't die. 
but I remember being very, very scared. And we went down the river. It was Fluffy Bunny with a Fang, which you and I have run yep. a bunch of times since you've been here. And we went on the hard line. We went right. And this this was like a couple minutes into the run. It wasn't even that far down. And I swam, rolled over, was under for quite a while. Mm. I, you know, knew to pull my skirt, but I didn't, you know, you have to like find the loop and it's like chaos because you're underwater. And somehow I pulled it, managed to pull it. And then I came out, but like couldn't breathe and was choking and freaking out. And then... One of the people in the group came over and saved me, pulled me off. We had to like empty my kayak of water. It was oh, a whole sounds scene. Wonderful. It was amazing. An amazing <laughs> first time experience. Everything I dreamed of. Trapped uh, underwater in a boat and now you're breathe. swimming with all your gear. Yep. And everybody's watching. Everybody has to pull over. You know, you're emptying all the water out. It was like such a scene. And I still had probably four miles to go. Through other rapids. Yeah, that was like just the beginning. With a so. crew that you didn't have the best communication with. Yes. I was like white knuckled, just paddling like I am not doing that again. That was terrifying. Just trying to make it through the rapids. Somehow I made it through everything and was fine. But I was definitely traumatized. and Never going to do that again. <laughs> yeah, and I was scared going into it already. And then this just like confirmed everything for me. And... It wasn't until probably a couple years after that when I met my now husband, who is a raft guide and a kayaker, and a couple years into our relationship, I decided I wanted to give it another go because mm -hmm. he could teach me, mm -hmm. somebody that I trust. Mm -hmm. But that ended up <laughs> not panning out very well, and we had some friends who actually we told that he was going to teach me, and they were like, hmm maybe you shouldn't do that. Like they've had the experience before of like just teaching your significant other something intense, recreational, recreationally intense. And we did it anyways. Mm -hmm. We ended up going to British Columbia, yeah. Revelstoke, and that's where I learned how to kayak, mountain bike, and rock climb all at the same time. That probably had something to do with it as well. But yeah, he tried to teach me. I learned how to roll, which was cool, in a pond, which was <laughs> still frightening for me. I was scared in a pond. And it just didn't pan out. And every day that he would like bring it up, like, hey, you want to go practice? I would just be like scared and I would not never so be yeah I don't really want to go yeah or I would make excuses or I just wouldn't be the one to initiate like sure. hey let's go do some role practice it didn't feel organic I was scared shitless mm -hmm. every time even in the pond and I just couldn't mentally stay calm being underwater in my mind trapped in something because the skirt holds you in and I had all this gear on. I couldn't really move because the water was cold and I'm a weenie. It just, <laughs> I just felt trapped literally in my brain and could not stay calm. But just did not, it didn't work. But I gave it a go and I, I really wanted to spend time with him on the river. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do it for myself as a challenge, but it just didn't didn't feel right. The hard shell kayak wasn't going to be your craft. And honestly, a lot of people who are getting into river paddleboarding or have been in it for a while, now I'm 10 years into paddleboarding, and it's because of 
kayaks. Like, I don't want to be in a kayak. I don't want to be stuck in a boat upside down. Yeah. The rolling thing is a real thing. We're paddleboarding. Is, is, a, is a vehicle to explore the river without having to feel that you're going to die doing it. The, yes. the nervous energy. I, I interviewed uh, Caitlin Katzen up in Washington recently. Well, at her home in Washington, I was not there. But, you know, she was saying the same thing. Like her brother's a class five kayaker. She was doing some kayaking, running some class threes or whatever, but just always had that nervous tension. Davide Sartoni, he doesn't have any kayaking background on the rivers. Mm-hmm. I don't have any kayak background on the rivers. Mm-hmm. More and more people are getting onto the river because of paddleboarding. Yeah. I wouldn't be a river person if it wasn't for paddleboarding, I don't yeah. think. Yeah, same same for me. You, 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 in preparation for this, you showed me the date, June 11th. Tell me about June 11th. So, well, June 11th is my husband's birthday, which is actually coming up. But that was the day. So after that, a couple of years, I got into inflate, inflatable kayaking mm-hmm. in IK because I, wasn't, I didn't feel trapped in it. I was like, I still really want to get on the river. I want to be a part of the river community. If my husband's a part of the river community. I don't want to just be a shuttle bunny. Basically, I what was the question again? June eleventh. <laughs> right, right. So June eleventh, we were out on C to G. I was in the inflatable kayak, and one of my husband's friends came out with us, and he was on a stand up paddleboard. It mm-hmm. was a Badfish MCIT. Yep. And I was just like, "You're gonna take that, even though it's only a class two. I was like, "You're gonna take that down the river? You're gonna stand like, up in rapids on that thing? Yeah. And he was like, "Hell yeah, I am." And then near the end of it, he let me hop on it, and I remember exactly which rapid it is. It's literally nothing. It's just some ripples, but I was just I just ate shit, fell off, was like, "This is the hardest thing ever, but I like a good challenge, mm-hmm. and I loved being able to stand mm-hmm. in the river mm-hmm. in moving water. Mm-hmm. It's the most amazing feeling. You and you didn't ever. feel trapped necessarily. And I did not feel trapped. I was a free bird and I was just hooked after that. I reached out to him when I got home and it was like, Hey, can you send me the model? And I looked it up and it was way mm-hmm. out of my mm-hmm. price range. My husband had said the person that he took on the river was like, Hey, I just got a sup from Costco. Yeah. I got the body glove performer. I think it was like $400. And I don't really remember exactly how many times I went out after that. It's kind of all a blur, maybe because I was nervous. But mm-hmm. I ended up taking that on the Snake River for our end of the season staff trip. And I didn't run the two big rapids, but I ran everything else. And I remember there was one class three. And it's it was just big water. It was huge waves. And I ran a lot of the rapids backwards. but <laughs> By accident. <laughs> yes. 100% by accident. And But I had so much freaking fun. I was so nervous. But I had so much fun. And I think that's what was lacking from the hard shell kayaking, where it's like I'm, I was nervous doing both. But I just had so much fun on the SUP. Like it's, you just fall off and it's not a big deal. You know, you have your leash attached to you. You just pull the board back. You self-rescue. You don't have to rely on other people. Like Mm. the whole trip doesn't have to stop for you. Mm -hmm. And you're not sitting down all day. That was huge for me, being able to stand. You're working out your whole body. Mm Mm-hmm. The viewpoint you get from standing tall, you know, helped my nervousness because I was like, oh, I can see the rapids better. I can see what's coming up and more confidently decide where I want to go. Whereas when you're in a kayak, you're just like, oh, I can't really see what's happening. Hopefully I, <laughs> I'm i reading the water well. 
yeah, it was just, I was pretty much instantly hooked. And I was like, this is, I know that this is the sport that I want to do. And then after that trip... And let's just interrupt you really quickly. This was your moment. You went yes. from nervous energy going down in hard shell kayaks, maybe never hard shell kayak again. You went into some duckies. June 11th, you were introduced to it. What year was this? Was this 2000? 2021. 2021. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So, you know, the, the world was in a, in a vortex during the, the COVID time and you discovered paddleboarding. Yep. And I hear for fun, for perspective, and for piloting your own craft. Yeah, and just the, the workout that you get, the full body workout. I absolutely love that part of it. And I just love being on the river and being able to be a part of the river community finally. I've always wanted that and mm. I just... It just didn't feel organic until I found this out. Well, you live in a community that's very river-focused. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, for the most part, most of your life, you've been in and out of this community. Like, the river's been an important thing. And finally, only finally now, you've, you've, been, you've found your own way to create a community on the river. Well done, Claire. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's crazy to think about it because the kayaking, when I first tried the hard shell kayaking that was probably like 2014 2013 Mm, a long gap in between and then it took me till 2021 to finally find my river craft that's that's a long time anybody out there who hasn't found it yet the opportunity will come eventually just got to keep trying keep searching and find the right crew and you'll you'll figure it out Finding the right crew. Is there a crew here in Coloma on the South Fork of the American? Yes, there definitely is. And that crew has been created by Davide Sartoni. I just call him Dave because I butcher his name too often. (laughs) Italian heritage. Shout out to Dave, who's in Europe right now on a river sub trip. I think he's in Macedonia right now. Well done, Dave. Yes, he's killing it as always. He's the one who really introduced me to it and brought up my confidence. I remember when I got back from my trip, I reached out to Sarah James, Mm -hmm. who is an amazing kayaker and also a supper, and asked her if she would take me down C to G. I'd buy her dinner or buy her lunch. And she You was, bought your first kayak from her, right? I did. <laughs> yep. Which is full so, circle. Full so circle. So funny to think about. She had even forgot about it when I brought it up to her. She took me out and introduced me to Davide by saying, Hey, he has this Reno Tahoe Whitewater SUP page. The river SUP guy. Yep. And well, it's an actual group page on Facebook okay. where he does the organizing, oh. saying, "Hey, we're going to do this. Who wants to come?" Wait, there's there's a river person who's organized. Yes, <laughs> he is the most organized person I've ever met on the river. He's the shuttle master. If you cannot figure out your shuttle, call Dave. I joined the group on Facebook and went out with them. Started going out with them every time he organized it, and he. He was really perfect for me because of his style. I had a lot of experience on the river that was kind of drill sergeant-y and like I didn't want to be coddled, but I wanted a little bit of like 
you know, easing me into it and not just being like, just get out there. You'll be fine. Just do whatever. He's very, he runs things very safely. And I absolutely love that. I felt really comfortable with him pretty quickly into it and, you know, trusted him with my life. And that was huge for me, for my progress. Like the reason I progressed quickly was majority because of him and him making me feel comfortable and safe. And the people he would bring out on the river were all amazing. I met so many amazing people, still am meeting amazing people because he constantly is bringing new people in. And he, I mean, he teaches SUP courses, but he does much of it for free. He just organizes it all, gets all the people together and does it for free. And he taught me so much. Pretty much all the skills that I've learned are from him. Shout and out to Dave. Huge shout out to Dave. He's an amazing human. Because you are talented. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I, I got to give a shout out to my husband too. He's the one who taught me how to read water. A lot of people who have come into supping have no background whatsoever. And I, you know, mildly did. I knew how to read water for the most part. And that was huge. That helped me a lot because then you avoid swimming and eating shit often. Well, it's stand up, swim down, right? Is that what this sport's all about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the swim, if you're not swimming, you're not trying. And the swimming part is pretty fun as long as you know how to fall and you're not hitting rocks or anything. But yeah, Dave's amazing. The crew out here is amazing. And it's, I mean, supping's really, you know, it helped me find my white water sport and my love for whitewater and connecting to the river but it's also helped me find myself mm. too tell me more about that i think just because i'm happy doing it and i've found a community and i feel connected and i've always wanted to feel connected to the river but i never had that i think just building my confidence in my skills on the river and having a, a amazing group of people and just the fact that it makes me freaking happy. Like yeah. sometimes I feel like a weirdo or like a creeper <laughs> on the river because I'm just smiling. Like the whole time I just have like this huge smile and I'm like, people are probably looking at me like, is she okay? Like that's a lot of smiling, but it's, it, I just can't even explain it. It just makes me happy. All of that has built my confidence in myself and I can just feel it. I'm just way happier and more confident and it's it's good. Well, I think why you're smiling is because you finally found a, an activity where you could wear a, a, a tutu in public. <laughs> you can wear a tutu whenever you want. But yes. Yeah, I when did the tutu start? It started on one of my staff the trips. The pink tutu over a blue dry suit. Over the blue dry suit. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. But yeah, it seems like that is kind of my signature. But I did have a bad gorge run where I was wearing it. And I was like, this tutu, I think, might have some bad juju. <laughs> I stopped wearing it for a while. <laughs> So, and you brought it out, I think, for the first time on the Nolly Gorge, right? I did, yeah, which I was really nervous about because I was like, this is a scary river. It's the hardest I've ever done, and I'm going to pull out this tutu that may have some bad juju, but it didn't because I had a great day on the river that day. So, Claire, this is, this is my takeaway from what you've said. You, with your husband, really learned how to run or read water. 
through your athletic and your artistic abilities, you found your place on the river. The, the Understanding how to read water is one thing, but having the, the athletic and the, the creative prowess to run your own, to pilot your own vehicle is important. Have you noticed, and this I know is just going to be a generalization, have you noticed a difference in the way that your typical male versus your typical female approaches the river? Is there an element of mind over matter, strength over ability, ego versus humility? Is there anything along those lines? I certainly have, but I want to hear your perspective on it. I don't know if I can really generalize because I know so many people, so many river folks, just because of my husband, because I worked at the Photoshop in Coloma, because I work for a rafting company now, and then the SUP people. I know so many different people in the whitewater community with all different crafts sure. that I feel like, that I don't know, I, I don't think I could say that, you know, males are more like this and females are more like that. I mean, I think that the stereotype is that men on the river are more lackadaisical. Hmm. Is that the word? Sure. And maybe less safe. Then I don't know. See, even saying that, I feel like generalizations are always problematic because yeah. there's always going to be anecdotal evidence that uh, that proves us wrong. But what I have been seeing over the years, male whitewater kayakers are the worst river paddleboarders. One for there's there's a few reasons for this, and I've really categorized all this. And again, sorry for the generalizations. Mm-hmm. They're running big water. They're running class five creeks and things like that. They know how to be on the water and and move their boat. But they're sitting. Their core is bent over. Mm -hmm. When they stand on a board for the first time, they think, well, I know how to run class five, blah, blah, blah. This isn't going to be a problem at all. They stand on on the board they get a little bit wobbly. They they bring their muscle memory, which is bending over at the waist, mm-hmm. and they fall in, and it confirms the fact that stand-up paddleboarding on river sucks. Where <laughs> women, on the other hand, a generalization, they are more interested in technique, mm-hmm. finding groups of people who are encouraging, mm-hmm. and that includes clinics and lessons and meetups. They're already at a foundational belief that I could do this safely with advice. And often, women will use their bodies for setting them up for success, meaning that they're willing and able to sink their butt in their heels and be stable. Mm -hmm. They're willing to kneel, they're willing to stand, they're willing to do downward dog. They're willing to do a lot more that allows them to grow a lot faster than your typical whitewater kayaker dude who falls in and says it sucks and gets back into their boat. Rafters, on the other hand, male or females, tend to, to get into the groove pretty quickly. Interesting. I haven't noticed that, but that's very fascinating. And the, the folks who offer clinics, including Rita Boychuk, have been in Canada and Davide here. I see that the majority of the people who are taking their classes and their clinics are women. Mm-hmm. Not exclusive to women, but the majority are women. Right. And I'm always confirming the fact that the that females are the future of this sport. Yes. <laughs> and the present of the and the sport. Yeah. That's where the curriculum is coming from. That's where the enthusiasm is coming from. Certainly not to exclude men from the sport by any means. It's a great way to get down the river. But I think it is opening the river to a lot of women who may have not seen themselves there in the first place. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder why more males aren't 
into it. Is it because, like you said, they just fall and eat shit on the first time and it deflates their masculinity? And Ooh, you can't not... do that. You don't <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> and then they're just like, this is stupid. Yeah. I don't know. I That's really interesting. I'll have to pay a little more attention to that because, yeah, you're right. It is a female-dominated sport. And, yeah. And I find some of the the Better paddlers are women. I've already cited Rita Boychuk, Kaylin Katzen, Claire. What's my last name? <laughs> Dotary. That sounded Irish. Nice it, work. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and of course, Michelle Atkins in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into North Carolina a little bit. You did a, a trip across the states mm-hmm. and met another group of river paddleboarders mm-hmm. in North Carolina. Tell us about your experiences there. I went over with Davi Day, Dave. I call him Dave. I don't know which one to say. Dave. Which one? Dave? Let's just stick with Dave. I went over with Dave, Sarah James, and Scott. An amazing group of people. First time I've ever traveled with my SUP, which was a really cool experience. And we, day day one, got picked up from the airport. They took me straight to the Whitewater Park. We met you and Michelle and Cohen and just jumped straight into it. You weren't allowed to wear your leash there, which was really frightening for me. I had no idea, and I was also like jet lagged. And and you're gonna paddle on concrete. Paddle on concrete. I had heard from a friend who lived there that like you do not want to wear your dry suit, and you probably will get a little scraped up here and there. I was prepared for that, but not prepared to not have my leash, but I still went for it. And we started on the easy channel, the wreck channel. It's not easy. Yeah, I shouldn't. That's right. I should not say that. It was definitely challenging. The wreck channel, and it was it was really amazing. It was really challenging. The water was really weird. Mm-hmm. The eddies were mm-hmm. small and fast and aggressive, and it was shallow. That part was very frightening for me. And you're allowed to stand up in the river which is an absolute no-no on a real river. That was really hard for me to get in my head, like, okay, you're swimming, you lost your board, just stand up. Don't swim, just stand and walk to sh- yes. walk to the concrete shore. <laughs> and I did the complete opposite, and I probably had one of the worst swims I've ever had while I was there. And I think you had said to me that you were like thinking in your head, just stand, Claire, just stand. But I was just like struggling in the eddy couldn't get out my paddle was getting sucked under I like felt at one point that I wasn't even wearing a life jacket I was like is my life jacket (laughs) on because it was like pulling me under and the eddy lines the the seams they're significant there yes they and, if, are. and if that were the, the hydrology of a natural river, it would be significant. It would be scary. It would be dangerous. But the fact that you are just doing laps right. in this area that's maybe a quarter mile long and you walk right back up and then you do it again over and over again. And because there's no foot entrapments anywhere at the place, uh-huh. you just literally, the best way of, of getting away out of the current is standing up and walking (laughs) and collecting your board at the next eddy. Yep. But it's still really scary. Very scary. Even besides all of that. But let me say, again, what I'm impressed about you, you ran the the rec channel with that trepidation, with the nervousness going out without your, your leash, the shallowness, and your very first on-site run you had a dry hair run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't. Most people don't. It wasn't clean, though. I fell to my knees, uh, but I did not fall on. Yes, yes. You fell to your <laughs> knees. Uh, see, let me let me clarify this to the audience, too. Why is it called stand-up paddleboarding? 
Because you're standing on a paddleboard. Or sitting. Or kneeling. Standing is an option that boaters don't have. Yes. But so, it's the best option. It's a strong option. It's not always the best. <laughs> well, the funnest. The most exhilarating. The best view. <laughs> all the things. I don't know. I'm on my knees all the time photographing with a GoPro in my yeah. head. And yeah. I like the views from where I'm at. That's true. <laughs> a, a, a dry hair run and had a great time. And then you went to the French Broad mm-hmm. and then you went to the Nolichucky. What did you think of the people that you were paddling with? with their talents and skill sets and their perspectives. Everybody was absolutely amazing, very welcoming, and just lovely human beings, literally everybody that I met. And the skill level was insane. I I have not seen that many suppers on a class three, four section ever before. I think one day we had 14, maybe it was 12, 12 to 14 suppers. During the Nolly Fest itself, yeah. Yeah, at the Nolly Fest on that section of river, which was the hardest I've ever paddled, and just amazing skill levels. The skill level was insane. Cohen and Michelle were just amazing, including you, in showing us down the rivers, making us feel comfortable. Cohen is humble and lovely, and I felt safe with him leading us down the river because I was very scared. And again, I'm still, even though I'm a great supper, I'm still scared often. I'm st- uh, that part it keeps has your game not- face on. Keeps your game face yes. on. You stay safe when you have that that you're you're dealing with. Right. It's not going to keep you back. It's not going to intimidate you. You're going to make decisions based yeah. on safety. And obviously, with the river, that your safety is going to be a little bit on the you know conservative side. Let me run the safer line, or let me do this on my knees, or let me walk around this rapid if necessary. Uh, if you, if you don't have any fear, you end up just kind of doing stupid things. Totally, a person does. Yeah. Yeah. The group was amazing. I had such a fun time. I met so many new people. And the river was, I think, the coolest section I've probably ever run, the gorge section of the Noli. The Noli Gorge is a, a big river for me. It's a, it's on the top of the list for sure. Yeah, and the beauty too. I mean, we were there in spring. The dogwoods were blooming. The All types of different greens, like... Sometimes I would look up and it looked like a fake backdrop, like it didn't even look real, like my brain couldn't even like... Welcome to the Appalachia. ...contemplate what was happening. Yeah, it was an amazing experience. I think we ran the gorge five times while we were there. Um, A number of times. Yeah, and just really cool rapids, really technical technical moves that you had to make, which is a lot different than the gorge here. On the South Fork, which before then, before doing the Nolichucky was the hardest section of river I've ever paddled. But yeah, it was amazing. I definitely want to go back and I hope that in the future that all of us suppers can get together at least once a year and paddle a river together. Or and yeah, April cool. April in North Carolina on the Nolichucky, I think that should be on people's radars. A lot of hard shell kayakers think the Noli Gorge is just boring just like they think uh, the the middle section of the white salmon is boring Mm -hmm. but those two rivers in particular are like perfect for river paddleboarding intermediate to advanced river paddleboarders should have the nolichucky and should have the middle of the the white salmon on their their list jumping right in i don't want to take up too much of your time what's the future of this sport of river paddleboarding and what's your place in it the future should i grab a magic ball here river paddle maybe what is the future I think that it's pretty rapidly growing. 
from what I've seen. I think it's gonna bring a lot of people like we were talking about earlier who maybe never saw themselves being on whitewater on a craft or have tried other crafts and it didn't work. I think it's going to bring a lot more people who have been wanting to get out there on the river and be a part of the community. It's going to bring a lot of those folks in. And I mean, I think it's just blowing people's minds, honestly. Like every time I'm out on the river, there's somebody who's like, you're taking that down on the river. And they're just like amazed at what we're doing. And it's the coolest feeling for to feel that from people, to, to see their eyes get all big and they're just looking at us like we're crazy most of the time in a good way. I think that... And well, your, your talent by not swimming and, and running technical rapids and paddling into surf waves backwards. I'm calling you Hawaii Five-0 from now on. So yeah, her name is not Claire. It's, it's Hawaii Five-0. This is Hawaii Five-0. Let's start the podcast all over again. Yep, redo. Uh, Hawaii Five-0, thank you for inviting me into your home for this podcast. You're very welcome, Paul. Very welcome. Yeah, the people's perspective of one thing is, you know, seeing people on the river, but also seeing people on the river doing really well on a board. Yeah, that's becoming more and more common. Like I said, I've been doing this for about ten years, and rarely would you see a river paddleboarder who is doing more than just surviving rapids. I right. think we're in a generation now, and if I dare say that, you're probably going to be leading this generation of of skill, of talent, of enthusiasm. I'm seeing people anywhere from as young as 12 now on the river uh-huh. to up into their 60s. I, this is my 50th year on the planet. I'm Ooh, doing it. Still young. Heck yeah. I mean, <laughs> do it. Be creative. Be artistic in your approach. And youth will remain as long as possible. I don't, I'm rambling now. But anyway, your place in the sport. Are you looking to coach? Are you looking to instruct? Are you looking to do international trips? All of the above. Yes. I definitely want to try being a teacher. I never really saw myself as a teacher, but I think that I would actually be pretty good at it with my perspective and experience. I'm going to give that a go. I'm actually going to shadow some of Dave's classes. Mm-hmm here in the next couple months just to kind of feel it out and see how it goes and maybe starting next year I'll try and get into it and invest in it as far as traveling internationally definitely want to just see as many rivers as possible I mean there's even probably five I could list in California that I want to paddle and Oregon which I think is the best state for river paddleboarding just to let you know because of the multi-day trip options and the technical yep. whitewater and the whitewater parks yep the Wenatchee mm-hmm. I've been eyeballing mm-hmm. that just big water rivers it's the most fun on a sap is huge wave trains yeah I think that's my future in supping I just want to kind of help Dave continue the growth of supping in California and get people out there and make them feel comfortable and just to have fun because that's what you'll be doing when you're on a sup. (laughs) It's impossible to not have fun. As we're sitting here and thinking about this, and I might have even said this because it's developing into my mind, I want to do a movie. I want to do a documentary on river paddleboarding, and it's going to star Hawaii Five-0, Woo! <laughs> on a surf wave? Lilo Winton, Michelle Atkins, my buddy Jackie in Canada, Caitlin Katzen, Megan, my girlfriend. I think we, or at least all you women, I don't care if even if I'm there, but I want to document it, mm-hmm. of you just powerful, supportive women just 
being badass in cool places. I would love that. That sounds like a dream. I think it's going to include Canada. I think it's going to include North Carolina. I think it's going to include Chile. Maybe not Chile as much as Costa Rica. And I think Mm -hmm. it's going to include Europe. Let's do this. California? Cali. (laughs) Sure. I haven't found too many rivers that I absolutely love in California. The Truckee River, the the South Fork. And you took me out just recently on the Shirt Tail on the North Fork Mm -hmm. of the American, the Trinity River. Mm -hmm. But uh, if if you have rivers in California, let's let's go. There's a lot of creeks, steep creeks. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of big water stuff like down in the Kern. But I haven't found California to be the best river paddleboarding state. But you could prove me wrong, I'm sure. Yeah, I guess I'm just biased. Yeah. And I live on the South Fork of the American. It's like right here. You live less than a mile from one of the coolest river waves in all of California, I think, Barking Dog. Yes, Barking Dog is the best of the best here, at least. In the last few minutes of this podcast, how would you advise someone to be successful on a river with a paddleboard? Realizing that swimming is a part of the sport and even the best of the best still swim all the time through hard rapids or even on a eddy line. It's it's a part of the sport and just to enjoy it and get comfortable with swimming because that's what you're going to be doing a lot of the time. I think finding a really good crew that you feel safe with and that you enjoy being around is huge for getting people out on the river and feeling comfortable on the sup and just having fun. Yeah. Enjoying it, playing with the river, connecting sure. with the river. Yeah. Experiment, have your crew, be willing to fall, be willing to get back up on the board, find your own voice. And that goes to one of the reasons why I really wanted to do this this episode before heading further north. This is my last day in California. A bowl, no, you you told me this quote yesterday. The Fruit Loop quote. You say it. Say what you think it is. In the notes, I like I, your I, I, I wrote a Fruit Loop in a bowl of cornflakes. You're a Fruit Loop in a bowl of cornflakes. <laughs> So quickly, I'll just explain. I was explaining to Paul yesterday that, you know, supping also feels really organic to me because it's such a unique sport and not a lot of people are doing it. And I've always been the type of person who likes to go against the grain and do things differently from the masses. And I just... I find that to be really attractive in in other people even that are people that are just different and doing things in their own way. And my senior quote in the yearbook was be the fruit loop in the world full of Cheerios. And so, you know, I even, you know, I didn't really know myself super well back then, but that was 17 years old and I've had that mindset. I just love being unique and doing things differently, supping just was the cherry on top. It was just like, yep, that is it for me. And that, yeah, I don't need anything else. I just need to sup every day. And when you're paddleboarding, especially on the gorge here in the South Fork, you are a Fruit Loop in a world of, of Cheerios. It yep. could be crowded it with commercial rafts. Mm-hmm. That you're just, it's like I-5. You're just navigating these rafts. And all these people, you have many people who will just be looking at you and, and wondering, what is that craft? And fortunately, again, going back to the idea that more and more people are doing more than just surviving rapids. Yeah. They're having their own voice. They're presenting their own style. They're all very unique. If you look at Cohen, if you look at... 
Davide, if you look at Michelle, if you look at Leela, the list goes on and on. Rita, Jackie, Caitlin, me, Yaku in Japan, Dan Gavir, the list goes on. Everybody has their own style mm-hmm. and their own way of getting down. Yep. It's no longer surviving. It's individuals thriving and presenting what this sport can be. Be that Fruit Loop. Yes. <laughs> yes. And those the two Scottish dudes that oh, are yeah. dropping water like. Uh, Sam and Jim. Yeah. They, I mean, it's insane what you can do on a SUP. And I think people are finally starting to see, like like you said, you're not just swimming and eating shit the whole time. Yep. Like people are actually making it through really big stuff. And it's really cool to see. The majority of people, I think, at least in Colorado, at least, who identify themselves as, self-identify as a river paddleboarder or river surfers. Uh, when I was first looking at it, Mike Tavares, who's just a wonderful person to, to watch paddleboard because he's ambidextrous. He's always moving toward his toes no matter where he's going. He was teaching on YouTube how to surf in Salida. Dan Gavir was showing people in his YouTube channel how to jump off 30-foot waterfalls. I was just looking for a way to get down the river with a dry bag. Like, I want to do multi-days. It's, it's, I mean, but even then, it was, it was very clear that their styles. When I saw Brittany Parker in a magazine with her tall socks running rivers on a raft support trip in Idaho, I'm like, yep, that's for me. I want it. Let's do this. And it's been fantastic to see the sport grow. And it's been fantastic to see the sport grow with enthusiastic participants who are looking to pilot their own craft in their own ways and yet build a community. Mm-hmm. And Sam Garthway in Scotland, man, I, I'm, I'm scared for him. Those waterfalls and those creeks are not my cup of tea, but they're his. Yes. And he's loving it, and he's really engaging his Instagram audience into communicating what gear to use, mm-hmm. and just have fun, just have fun. Fruit Loops, Fruit Loops, it's a sport of Fruit Loops. Yes, <laughs> we're all Fruit Loops, and I love it, more Fruit Loops. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the Corn Flakes, <laughs> and, and, and the Cheerios. Uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. have to have it all, yeah. We have to have it all. Yeah, or else that then we're all just the same. So you, right. audience, before we wrap this up, uh, I, how do you self-identify? Are you a hard shell kayaker? Are you a rafter? Are you a trail runner, a mountain biker, cornflake girl? What was? Do you remember? Yeah, you're too young for Tori Amos, but uh, one of her mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs was the cornflake girl. We're gonna have to probably add cornflake girl from Tori Amos <laughs> on this. But or are you a Fruit Loop in world of of Cheerios? Hawaii Five O, thank you much. Thank you, Paul. For inviting me to your home, for giving me your perspective, sharing your perspective with me and, and my audience. And thank you for inspiring us all. Yeah, no worries. Hopefully I uh, got everything out there that I wanted to say. Tell us your Instagram handle and how do people reach out to you, at least in social media? Okay, I butchered my Instagram handle the last time you asked me. It is against the grain photos. I'm pretty sure. But there's a period sure. There's a period somewhere in there. We'll link it in the podcast. There's a couple periods, yeah. <laughs> but there's a, the photo is me supping in my pink tutu. You can't miss it. And again, why the tutu? What superpower does your tutu offer? I think just not giving a shit and having fun and being goofy and just why not and why serious. Diane can give you more information on that. That's her favorite song. Uh, all right, on that, thank you so much, Hawaii thank Five-O. Thank you. <laughs> Adios. Adios.